This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call an 888 money pit. The money pit is presented by DAP Spray Texture and Dice Coatings. Now here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And it is officially the ho-ho home improvement season. See how I did that? I like what you did there. <laughs> if you've got some projects you want to tackle around this holiday season, we'd love to help. Reach out to us with your questions at one eight 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 Money Pit. Whether it's a project for now or a project for the year ahead, we are here to help you save time, save money, and get that job done right. Coming up on today's show, it is the most wonderful time of the year for burglars. Yep. The FBI says nearly 400,000 burglaries occur in the U.S. from now until the end of the year. So we thought it'd be good to share some tips on how to best secure your doors to stay safe. All right. And when it comes to sealing your home from gaps that allow cold air to break through, there's no better insulation to use than spray foam. We're going to highlight a brand new product designed for pros and serious DIYers that can be applied without mixing and seals those most common sources of drafts in a house. And is your driveway cracked or worn or does it suffer from some of those nasty oil stains? Tip, first fix the leak in your car. But We've got a surefire solution that can help clean up those stains for good and restore the surface just ahead. All right, guys, but what are you working on this holiday week? Are you getting ready? Are you family coming? Are you putting up the decorations? Are you trying to get something done quick before those family members arrive? Well, whatever it is, we are standing by to lend a hand. So give us a call. Call us right now at one eight 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 Money Pit, or go to moneypit.com slash ask for the quickest possible response. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Randy in Wisconsin is dealing with a lot of snow and the aftermath thereof. What can we help you with? We have a garage in our house, and when we bring our vehicles in here in Wisconsin, we have a lot of snow, and of course, it gets stuck underneath our vehicles and whatever. We try to scrape off some of the snow, you know, but it melts and it goes all over the garage because the floor is pretty much level, you know, ponds here and there, but it kind of flows over to my work area and stuff. And I wonder if there's a good solution to, you know, containing that water or... I don't know if I need to put it in a drain or what to do. Well, I mean, obviously, it's the floor—the floor angle is the issue. Most most garage floors are pitched to the door so that water will run out. If that's not happening with you, what you might want to think about is putting in a garage flooring system. They have tiles um, available from a number of manufacturers that sit on top of the garage floor, but they're perforated. So if there's a bit of water, it'll settle sort of below the tile surface. So even though the wet is still there, you won't really be stepping in puddles. 
Now, do you have the floor painted? Uh, no, it's not painted, no. So another thing that you might want to do is, is epoxy paint that floor. That's something you can do yourself with a garage floor epoxy paint kit. Basically, you mix up the epoxy and the hardener, the paint and the hardener. You apply the paint. You can put a decorative chip in there. It will help hide dirt. And you can even put a lacquer finish on it. And when you have a smooth, shiny finish like that, what you can do is pick up a squeegee. And that makes it really quick and really easy to take those puddles and basically squeegee them right off the floor when the car when the, when the snow melts and leaves those puddles behind. Okay. I'll check into that. Good luck, Randy. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Susan in Missouri has a question about a fireplace. Tell us what's going on at your Money Pit. Well, I have a gas fireplace, and it's one of those where they seem to have cut the hole in the wall and stuck the fireplace in there, and now I cannot stop the the wind from blowing in. I don't know what to do. Okay, so is the wind coming in the hole where the gas pipe is coming through? It seems to be coming from all around the fireplace. You know, it's got a, a the mantle, and it comes from around the mantle, and anywhere where there's, you know, where um, it's been put together, it seems to have air coming in. And, of course, it is coming in. Um, it's got the outside box, I guess, to have the exhaust. Okay, so this sounds to me like it's a like it's a manufactured fireplace as opposed to an old brick one that was converted to gas. Is that correct? Absolutely, absolutely, yes. What and it has doors on it too? No, it does not. Do you know what the brand is of the fireplace? A Lennox, I believe. Well, the first thing I would do is I would take a look at the installation, and very often there's probably gaps somewhere around that box that were not properly sealed. Uh, I could. I would also uh, consider contacting Lennox and getting the original installation instructions. You may even be able to download those, which would give you or your contractor a guide to determine if it was correctly installed. And then thirdly, I would find out if doors are available for that fireplace because that could solve all your problems. Oh, okay. Okay. Especially if it's a if it's a gas fireplace pre-made and it has a combustion air supply, you may be able to keep that all behind the glass doors and stop all the drafts from coming through. Oh, that's a great idea. Thank you. I'll try that. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Hey, you're tired of living in a money pit? Well, we're here to help. And if you want us to help out, it would be awesome if you could leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Just go to moneypit.com slash review. It's only going to take a minute, and it means the world to us. Jake's calling in from Ontario, Canada with a painting question. How can we help you today? I'm calling because I'm doing some home renovations, obviously, and I'm starting to paint a room. And I'm wondering what my best option is with regards to which order I should do things. So I have baseboards on the walls. Just wondering if it's a good idea to take the baseboards off before painting, or should I paint with the baseboards on, and what order, walls first, baseboards first, stuff like that. There's an amazing invention called masking tape, Jake. (laughs) (laughs) And it does the trick with protecting those baseboards. So, I mean, obviously you need to prep, and prep is really the hardest part of painting. So getting the drop cloths down and getting everything masked off so you can separate the colors. Now, are the baseboards painted now? They are, yeah. I just don't like the color. So what I would do is I would paint the baseboards first. I would paint all the trim first because you can be a little sloppy about that. You don't have to mask them off because if it gets on the wall, you're going to paint the wall anyway. So I would go ahead and paint the baseboards first and the trim. And then after it dries for a couple of days, then I would mask it off very, very carefully. Uh, so that you can paint the wall colors whatever color you want. Then, of course, the first step with wall painting is to do the what we call the cut-in, where you paint along that masking tape line 
uh, and establish that edge around that border around the around the walls and around the the floor where the baseboard is, and then you can fill the rest in with a roller. So with the masking tape, is it a good idea to remove the masking tape right away, or should I let the paint dry and then remove it? Now let it dry first. Okay. And if it takes, if it starts to peel a little bit of the paint off, sometimes that happens. Um, just take a razor blade and just slice the the, the sort of the, the paint that that went between the masking tape uh, and uh, and the, and the wall. There's also uh, different types of masking tape that have absorbance built into it that's designed to specifically stop that from happening. Uh, one is frog tape. A little bit more expensive, but it has uh, an absorbent built into it, so it sort of gives you a much cleaner edge without that sort of rip, rippy kind of masking tape edge that can happen sometimes. Okay, perfect. Thanks very much. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than a 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's AirDoctorPro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. We've got Sally on the line from Decatur, Illinois, who wants to talk metal roofing. What can we do for you today? Well, my grandkids have purchased a home, and it's going to need a new roof, and they are heart set on doing a metal roof. Okay. My question is, is that a good idea? Or shall we go with the shingle roofs? Yeah, it's a great question. So first of all, a metal roof is really an investment-grade roofing. And what that means is when you put a metal roof on, you rarely have to replace it ever. I mean, they last like 50 to 100 years. Today, they also have coatings on them that help reflect the heat of the sun so they just stay cooler uh, in the summer as well. So it's a great roof. It really comes down to the house. Is this going to be a forever house for them, or is this sort of a house that they're in, you know, for the next five to ten years or so? Probably so. It's their first home. Yeah, so it'll be fairly short term then, right? Yeah. Yeah, so they're not going to get the benefit of paying for a roof that's going to last 50 years. You know, they're going to they're going to get the same benefit out of an asphalt shingle roof that might last 20 years. And if they sell the house in 10 years, you know, they'll have gotten their money's worth out of it. So while I love to recommend metal roofs, it is an economic question as well as a durability question. Now, if you're in a house and you're going to be there, you know, forever, you might want to get a metal roof because that is a roof that's never going to have to be replaced again. It's super durable in all sorts of climates. Oh, with them being young and this is our first home, um, I'm kind of with you. I would go with, maybe a shake shingle or whatever instead of the metal roof, because I know eventually they will move. The house will definitely have a better value if you put a metal roof on it, but I don't know that you're going to get 100% return on investment. Right. Well, thank you so much. Happy to help. 
Well, according to the FBI, nearly 400,000 burglaries occur in the U.S. from now through the end of the year, which is not a very long amount of time. That is a lot of activity from those burglars. And that's why now is the perfect time to step up your home security and in particular your doors. First of all, you want to invest in a good quality deadbolt. Now, doors with handle locks can be very easily broken into. Deadbolts, on the other hand, offer double the locking security and require hammer force to break in. Now, you're going to want to make sure that each entry door has a deadbolt, not just the high traffic ones, and your home is only as secure as its most vulnerable entry point. So you want to make sure that you buy a deadbolt with keyed access on the outside and thumb latches on the inside. And locks that require keys to be used from the inside of the home, that can be dangerous if residents need to make a quick exit in the event of an emergency like a fire. Now, keep in mind that no matter which lock you choose, it's only as strong as the door in which it's installed. So the weakest part of the door is usually the area around the lock. You can fix that with decorative door reinforcement plates. They're available for maybe like 20 bucks or so, and they can make that area a lot more secure. And if you're ready for a new door, go with a fiberglass doors. These mimic the look of wood, but they are far stronger and much more energy efficient. Also, some of them have multi-point locks that are sort of like bank vault style pins that come from, go out at the top, they go out the side, they go at the bottom, and they totally prevent the door from being able to be kicked in. Now, you also need to make sure that you're securing those patio doors, too, especially since they're usually on the rear of a home and much more secluded. You can add a patio door patio bar. Now, this keeps the door from sliding back in its tracks, even if the lock is broken into. And this is especially important if you have older patio doors, because these have the worst locks and they can be lifted right out of their tracks. I mean, seriously, just lift the door off for super easy entry. And you know what else? If you don't have time to get a patio door bar, there's a quick fix alternative. Just cut a two-by-four to fit between the sliding door and the door jam. This stops the door from being able to slide open. Scott in Alaska needs some help with energy-efficient lighting. How can we help you? Yes, uh, I'm currently changing over my house to all LED uh, lighting. And uh, I also ha- I have currently uh, a few rooms with fluorescent tube lighting, and I'd like to change those over to um, LED. And I live up here in Alaska, and I just haven't um, been able to find um, the tubes with LED. Yeah, they're available. You-, you can probably find them online and have them shipped to you, but they're made in the same exact shape as the standard fluorescent bulbs. You know, they're not inexpensive, but they do have a very long life. Like Those, those kinds of lights will typically last like 50,000 hours or something crazy like that. I think the bulbs themselves are probably, I would guess, twenty or thirty dollars a piece. And the shipping is probably going to be a hundred. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they're going to last a lot longer. And you, I mean, at this point, though, I would also price out replacement fixtures, as you might find by the time you buy all of those bulbs, it might be cheaper just to replace the fixtures. Plus, I don't know uh, how much energy is going to be wasted because those, those all those fixtures have the transformers built into them. There may be some system waste in terms of the fixture itself. Okay, I'm just looking. I, I'm very impressed with the LED brightness and, and of course, the energy savings uh, over a period of time. And I just want, you know, my whole house to uh, be energy efficient and uh, save me money in the long run. So, but I just can't. 
um, seem to find them up here in Alaska yet. I do like going to Home Depot, and they did have some LED um, tube tube fluorescent tubes, but not not my size uh, currently. Yeah, I would order them online, have them shipped. That would be the way to get them to your door. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time. Good luck, Scott. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Heading out to Michigan, where we've got Tiffany on the line, who seems to have a painting project gone wrong. What happened? A can of dark spray paint leaked on the bottom and got all over our wood laminate floor. Is there any way to remove the black paint that's remaining? We tried wiping it up. Some of it was removed, but there is still a spot where the paint remains. Oh, I'd love to hear the whole story behind that, Tiffany. That sounds like a real mess. But it does also sound like you've gotten some of this done. Leslie, you know what would be a very good paint remover for this situation, at least to try? Nail polish remover. Because it's what? Acetone. It's acetone, right? So, I mean, you know, it takes the paint off your nails. It'll probably take the paint off that floor. Do you think it would take the finish off the floor? No, and here's why. Because if you have a laminate floor, right, the the, the color of the floor, the pattern is underneath uh, a protective finish. And that's pretty durable stuff. I mean, I would not, like, flood the floor with this stuff. And you might just want to buy a small can of acetone directly, even though it's the same as nail polish remover. But I would rub it very, very carefully over that surface and see if it starts to take it off. I mean, I wouldn't soak it. And you can kind of watch it as you go. But I bet you that will take off the rest of that paint, Tiffany. I mean, that definitely seems like a good plan and definitely worth the try. And if you're worried about whether it's going to take the finish off the floor, I mean, go ahead and test it out in some place that's not too noticeable, like, I don't know, inside a closet or just up really close to the kitchen cabinets where you have like that overhang for the kickboard. Under the couch. If you got a line of floor. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Don in Pennsylvania's got a question about windows. What can we help you with? These, these windows are mid-1700s. That's before the revolution. The ones I'm working on, there was, the, the building actually had a date on it, 1746. Wow, wow, that's impressive. And the glass on these was like poured glass. It wasn't wasn't manufactured the way they make them now. And I'm trying to save the glass, and I'm trying not to damage the wood at all, but I'm scraping and painting and weatherizing these, these windows. And the reason I'm doing that is because a lot of the glaze is falling out and the, the paint is flaking away and everything. But some of that glaze that's on there... And this, this hasn't been done, I would say, for more than 30 years because we've lived here 30 years and have never done it to, to this window. And so that some of the glaze is falling out, but others, it's really tenacious and stuck to that wood and that glass. And I don't want to ruin the glass or ruin the wood, so what's the best way to get that old glaze out of there? Are you using any heat to help you here? Not yet. So what you want to try to do is get a heat gun, which kind of looks like an industrial-sized hair dryer. Yeah, I, I have an electric heat gun, and I've used that uh, to help remove some of the paint. But I don't know the temperature of that of that heat gun. But uh... Well, I mean, you want to use it, use it cautiously. You know, I wouldn't lean into it with a nozzle, but I would try to warm that old putty. Generally, if you warm it, it loosens up. Now, some guys that do windows all the time will actually use steam to soften the putty. And I've seen guys create almost like steam chambers where they kind of build a box, fill it with warm steam, and then slide the sashes in there and then pull them out. And now they're warm and they strip them off. One way that you could try to do this without sort of building that chamber might be to get a wallpaper steamer. 
and then use some of that steam. Use it against the window. Warm it. That warm, moist steam may also help to loosen it up. But if you've already got the heat gun, I would try trying to warm it up gently and see how the old glazing reacts to that. Oh, okay. I, I will. Thank you. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. MONEYPIT. Well, when it comes to sealing your home from gaps that allow all that cold air to break through, there's no better insulation to use than spray foam. But up to now, most spray foam applications require two-part foam spray systems that are difficult to set up and challenging to use. Well, now DAP has developed a convenient one-part alternative that makes spray foam application a much simpler process for both the pro and the serious DIYer. With us to explain the new DAP Touch and Foam Professional Wall and Cavity Foam is Jason Worth, the Senior Director of Product. Welcome, Jason. Thank you. I got to tell you, we are big fans of spray foam insulation here. I've used it extensively in my home, and there is no better way to seal up a 1886 house <laughs> than with spray foam. I can tell you that. And I've used it in all the places that you would think, from the attic right down to the rim joists. 
But when I did this, we had to have uh, some pretty serious equipment involved because the, the product had to be mixed on site. What you guys have developed is essentially a modular system that's one part, and you can basically buy it, and you can apply right away. No sort of no fuss, no muss. Is that right? Uh, that's absolutely correct. As you mentioned before, you know, both all systems today are, are two-part, and, you know, the challenging piece with that is, you know, when you have two parts, you know, they react to temperatures differently, and keeping them on ratio is, is tough, right? So we saw a need for across a wide spectrum of users to make the process simpler so that everyone can enjoy and apply good energy-saving foam to their basements, you know, crawl spaces. So that's what we really targeted doing here with wall and cavity foam. The nice thing about the wall and cavity as well, on top of the, you know, not having to worry about ratio issues or off-ratio issues, is that a one component is much more friendly for a larger temperature range. So no need to heat up cylinders. You know, you can apply from 40 degrees Fahrenheit to 120, and that's about four times the traditional temperature range on the two components. So for folks that are new to this product, I know this really is dedicated toward pros and advanced DIYers, but this is really a new advancement in home spray foam insulation. So what is sort of tips and guides here to help somebody who's very new to this to start with you? The first thing is obviously understanding the goal that you would like to receive, you know, from energy savings, your R value, where you're putting in a basement or crawl space. Do you need a Class A prior-rated application? All of these can be provided by the wall and cavity foam. What we always recommend is utilizing the wall and cavity foam as what we call a flash and bat installation, where you're putting in a small layer of the spray foam to air seal and create a moisture barrier, and then placing your bat insulation on top for optimum efficiency. So you get the best of both worlds. You get the air seal from the foam, and then you get the insulation from your traditional insulation materials. Absolutely. It's interesting that... A lot of the challenges people have when trying to install spray foam insulation is the applicator. They're struggling with it, but you guys have really developed something that is very user-friendly and kind of intuitive, no? You know, obviously for spray foam applications, you want a nice wide pattern that can be done either vertically or horizontally for an easy fill and a quick fill. So we've included a responsive flow control trigger to do that, as well as some replacement nozzles, both vertical and horizontal applications, nice ergonomic handle, and of course, a, a good long eight-foot hose to help uh, get around obstacles and, and get access without having to move the cylinder around too much. Jason, this all sounds great. Where can people go to get their hands on this? So you can find this at Menards and Select Home Depots, and we also have a presence on the industrial side as well for professional contractors. The best place to go is on DAP.com and also utilize our where-to-buy function. The product is called the DAP Wall and Cavity Foam with Wide Spray Applicator, a one-component spray foam system that makes it possible to seal gaps and cracks with very, very little effort throughout your entire house. Jason Worth from DAP, thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Thank you. All right, we've got Denise on the line. What's going on? You've got woody woodpeckers pecking away at your house? Sure do. <laughs> All right, so what kind of damage is this uh, little guy causing? Well, um, I don't live in that home. I'm in another state. My son's there, and he's he's hit like two or three sides of the house. So okay. my son has put little pieces of wood mm-hmm. up there. It's a manufactured home, so don't ask me what it's the siding is. I don't know. I'm sure you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just make new holes. Right. So he was yeah. thinking, he, we've investigated products, and the manufacturer actually says, no, it, it won't work. And so we've come down to some kind of a stone basing, and I don't know anything about that. 
you know, I don't know brand. Well, first of all, if you're talking about replacing siding, then you're probably talking about a product like Hardy Plank, which is a great product. Um, and it's basically a, a cementitious board that can look like wood, frankly. I've got it on my garage. It looks great. Um, but, you know, you can't get birds like woodpeckers or, or bugs that can destroy it. But before we go there, let's, let me give you some really simple things to try, which I've had very good success with over the years. So you want to dissuade this woodpecker or pack of woodpeckers from uh, working on that side of your house. It's just a matter of habit. You know, the reason they peck the wood is because they're looking for worms, and they have no idea that there's no worms inside the wood that's being used inside your house. If you were to cut strips of black plastic, like let's say you had a hefty bag and you cut it into like two-inch strips, and you were to tack some of the strips in that area, the fluttering of those strips will dissuade the woodpeckers from coming back. And if you leave it up there for a couple of months and then take it down, the problem might go away. The other thing that works is uh, shiny discs like tin pie plates. They're, when those sort of uh, twist in the breeze, they also can dissuade woodpeckers. But I like the black plastic strips because they're not quite as obvious. Right. And they're real easy to do. So if you were to go up there with that and tack them in place in that area, I think you may find that the woodpeckers are confused by that and, and might just go and, and uh, you know take on somebody else's house down the street, but at least they'll leave yours alone. Mm-hmm. We have tried uh, aluminum foil strips, mm-hmm. and that didn't work. Yeah, I don't know about the strips. I've always used pie plates, pie tins. But okay. I would try the, black, try the black plastic strips. I think you'll have success with that. So can you, if it's not, what kind of siding can he put up to dissuade these little buggers? Well, if you want a siding that they're not going to be able to get through, then I would suggest Hardy Plank, H-A-R-D-I-P-L-A-N-K. They have clabbered, they have shingles. It's really nice stuff. Take a look at the Hardy Plank website, and uh, you'll be able to see lots of uh, lots of photos of homes that have been covered with it. Does it come in sections like four feet wide, or it comes in different different types of side of, of siding profiles? So the clapboard or the shingle, for example, they have many different types. But but you can take a look at there, and maybe you'll find one that's close to what you have, and you can use it for a repair product too. All right, Denise, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Well, if your driveway is stained from oil leaks or cracked or worn, now is a great time to clean it and to seal it. Now, beyond stain removal, the type of driveway maintenance you need to do is going to depend on whether you have concrete, asphalt, or a paver driveway to begin with. Yeah, and first let's talk about those nasty oil stains. You want to mix up a solution of trisodium phosphate into a paste. Now, you'll find this at the paint aisle of any hardware store or home center. It's often used to clean walls before you paint, and that's why it's there. But it works really well for cleaning up oil stains. You want to apply the TSP paste wet to the stain, and let it sit for an hour or more, and then rinse. Now, obviously, the sooner you can get to the stain, the better, but even old stains can be successfully removed with this approach, as long as you fix that car first so it doesn't keep happening again and again. Yeah, that's very true. Now, for an asphalt driveway that needs to be resealed, you can use asphalt-compatible products to fill those cracks, gaps, and holes, and then you use a disposable squeegee to apply an airport-grade latex sealer over the entire surface. You want to make sure that the forecast is clear for the applying and drying time since rain is going to cause that sealer to run. It's going to run on the sidewalks and the streets. And then what happens is you are left with some unremovable stains, which look pretty gross. Now, you can follow up with a generous drying period. You need to give it a couple of days if possible. So definitely look for a good span of dry weather. If you do all of that, you're going to have an attractive automotive entrance right at your home. 
Now, if you've got a concrete driveway with a worn surface, it's best to apply a concrete resurfacing product to that entire driveway. Now, you've got concrete surfaces out there that are really good. The last one I used, I loved. I used it on my entire basement floor. It's called QuickCrete's Recap, and it's specially formulated to stick to old concrete, and that's going to leave your driveway looking almost brand new. If you want more tips, check out our post on driveway sealing and maintenance on moneypit.com. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, now we're heading to Tennessee where Ty is on the line. What's going on at your money pit? My wife and I had an area rug in our den, and it was a large area rug. We needed to replace it, so we picked it up, and there's sun damage where it's faded to hardwood floors. So there's a line of demarcation, and I was wanting to know if there was an easy way to fix that without having to sand the hardwood floors. Yeah, time. (laughs) Time. Time will fix it. You know, um, I have hardwood floors in my very old house, and I remember uh, once having to do a pretty significant repair where an old floor furnace, do you remember those old floor furnaces that would sit flush with the floor? So I had a big square hole in the floor, and I had to take that out and put framing in and then replace the flooring. And I actually had to make some of this flooring because it was an unusual shape. And despite my best efforts, of course, the new flooring was like, it was like the difference between white and brown. It was like that distinct it looked clearly like a patch and i had the same feeling about well maybe i could stay in it but i knew that if i just let it alone it would eventually fade and i tell you what within a year it had faded to match the other floor perfectly and i'm so glad that i did not try to mess with the with the with it and i just let ultraviolet light and time do its thing the same way it protected that floor uh, under that carpet, it will f- eventually fade and and, and uh, be the exact same color as the rest of the floor. So I wouldn't do a thing. Leslie, what do you think? I mean, it's always really interesting when you have a beautiful floor and you want it to look fantastic. So I think if you give it some time and, you know, learn to live with it, you'll enjoy it. Okay. Well, thank you, because I wasn't sure I mean, if you could put a glaze or something on the faded part to try to match the other part. We just didn't want to have to go through the hassle of re-sanding that whole room and then, you know, the dust and all that stuff that goes along with sure. it. It is yeah. a big project. It's a very big project. Yeah. I mean, so, I, I mean, I really think uh, you should just give it some time and let it fade back. And, and you'll think, you'll, you know, you give it some time, you'll save all that money and time and aggravation. Because <laughs> the only way to, okay. to, to to skip this step is to basically refinish the whole floor. And there's really yeah. no reason for that. Or right. just cover it up okay. again with another rug. Yeah, that, we were thinking about covering it up with a small rug, but that still leaves the line of demarcation. So we may <laughs> yeah. have to go back with 8 by 10 again. 
No, or mm. a nine by twelve until you eventually cover the whole floor. Well, that's true too. Okay, but we may we've lived without the rug on there for three or four months now, so we may just go for another year. And see there you what go. Does. See what happens. All right, Ty. Good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. John wrote into Team Money Pit and asks, can you offer any ideas on why all of our carpets are buckling in the center? It started happening about three or four years after install. We were thinking that it might be shoddy installation, didn't stretch them right in the first place. We checked our crawl space, but it's dry. Yeah, you know, that happens with some carpets. I mean, it may be that you don't have that great a carpet here, but it will stretch. And basically, it has to be restretched. So you have to pull the furniture out of that room. And you have to restretch it starting in the center and working out. It's really a job for a pro. They can do it very easily because you need a special tool called a carpet kicker, which basically grabs the carpet and moves it outward towards the tackless, which is that wood strip that goes at the perimeter of the room with little spikes in it that holds it tight. And you can get away with stretching the carpet once, maybe twice. But after that, it's going to be time for a new carpet. All right, Audrey wrote into Team Money Pit and says, I'm getting sudden bursts of very hot water in the middle of a shower. I have a gas water heater. The pilot light is on. Any idea why this is happening? Yeah, Audrey, it has nothing to do with your water heater. It has to do with the plumbing valve, the shower valve. You need what's called a pressure-balanced valve installed. What that does is it maintains the mix between hot water and cold water regardless of your water pressure. So once you have the mix just right, you have the balance just right, if you have less hot water or more cold water or less cold water and more hot water, it's going to keep that mix. Even though the amount of flow coming out will vary, the mix won't change, and that avoids that shower shock of getting a really hot, blast of water or even a really cold blast of water. And it usually happens because somebody's flushing the toilet somewhere else or the dishwasher's running or whatever. But a pressure balanced shower valve will solve that once and for all. All right, Audrey, good luck with that. And hopefully you end up with a nice, consistently warm and perfect shower. Well, if you'd like to enjoy the warm glow of a fireplace this winter, you better make sure the screens are clean to start. Leslie has the tips on how to do just that in today's edition of Leslie's Last word. Leslie, you're actually expecting a new screen soon, right? Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited for the little ski condo we have up in Vermont. It hadn't been updated, the fireplace, since the 80s when the place was first built. And so there was a lot of smoke leakage and a lot of confusion into the correct operation of the fireplace. So we're getting a new glass door and screen and everything's going to be so beautiful and so cozy because I really do love sitting by the fire, cozying up to the fireplace. But you really want to make sure that you can see it, you can enjoy it, that you're using that fireplace properly. So first off, you've got to plan to clean that fireplace screen. And you really do need to be doing that once or twice a season. I mean, in addition, just from getting yucky from the fireplace, I mean, they just get dusty from like the off season. So definitely a great time to get that job done. Now you can use a cleaning solution of one eighth cup of liquid dishwashing detergent and you mix that to a quart of water. And that's just simply going to do wonders for all of that caked on dirt. You gently scrub the screen with a soft bristle brush, and you follow up by wiping with a lint-free cloth because that's going to help you avoid rusting. If there's any brass sections on it, you want to polish that with a brass cleaner and a lint-free cloth. And I promise you, just that little simple cleaning project is going to make this fireplace so much more enjoyable. But always make sure you're operating proper fireplace maintenance. Get that chimney cleaned once a season. You know, really, it depends on how much firewood you burn. So take care of it. Operate it correctly. Be safe. Safe, but also be cozy. It's the holidays. Enjoy. 
This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. On this, the home, home, home improvement season, we're happy to help you take on the projects you want to get done now or in the next year ahead. And that's going to be the topic of the next edition of the Money Pit. We're going to share the top five most common remodeling mistakes that people are tackling right now to keep your projects on track for the year ahead. It's all coming up next time on The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.